Welcome, Lake Avenue Church family, and welcome those from Wisconsin, especially Chuck, because that's where my family is visiting from and here today with us, so especially for Wisconsin. <laughs> um, today, I am grateful to be sharing with you is in between space, between December 25th and the new year. I, call, I like to call it a thin space. That's a Celtic term, which means there's an opportunity for a closeness between you and God. And I think that happens during this time of the year because the schedules are all upside down and we're not doing our regular things. We have extra days off and we're preparing for the new year and wondering what it will be. And so there's this pause, this gives us an opportunity for something new and a new connection with God. So today I'm going to talk about stacking. Stacking is a modern term, um, but I think it has theological implications for us, and it's here in our scripture for today. So you might be going, what is stacking? So my husband loves to go shopping and get a good deal. Any good deal shoppers out there? Yeah? yeah especially in December, right? And sometimes you'll go to a store and they'll have like a, a back sale or clearance aisle area and you'll come in with a coupon but you'll notice in the fine print it'll say only on regularly priced items right so you can't take the two sale items in the back and add the coupon except you can at Kohl's department store and so my husband gets very excited about stacking and they let you get some points with some coupons and they have this magical thing called Kohl's cash and then other things are on sale and you just stack it all up and then you get to go buy a 16 piece pots and pans set with Rachel Ray's name on it and pay $16. It's magic. <laughs> That's stacking one good thing on top of another and in our scripture we see that God is going to stack gift upon gift grace upon grace, and he keeps doing it to us right until now. So please stand for the reading of the word. That gives honor to God who gave it to us. John testified to him, who is Jesus, and cried out, this is he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God the only Son who is close to the Father's heart who has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the scripture starts off right away with John testified. And if you read forward in chapter one of John, you can see what John testified to. He said, make straight the paths for the Lord. And he said, look, and he pointed to Jesus and said, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now in our day, if you're not a regular churchgoer, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world is a confusing phrase. 
But to them, to the Jewish people, that made a lot of sense. The lamb, a lamb was what they used to sacrifice as penance for their sin, which is their brokenness, their mistakes, their selfishness. And they would do that with individual sins. So the lamb of God, the lamb they would use for the sins. But John was saying something really radical when he said the lamb of God who came take away the sins of the world because he was saying, you're not gonna bring the lamb. God's gonna bring the lamb. And this man over here, Jesus, he's the lamb. And he's not for one sin or your little group of sins. He's for all the sins for all time. This big, bold statement that John made as he testified about Jesus. And he says in our scripture, another one, he who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. Tricky little tripped over statement, but Jeff kind of talked about this throughout this month of December um, in a culture where being older, being the elder, was honored. He's saying, hey, I, John, am older than Jesus, so you'd expect me to get more honor, but that's not the case. Jesus wasn't born after me. He was from the beginning. He's part of the creator God who made us, came into this world as Jesus can live as the spirit in us and will redeem in the end all things. Jesus is the one who's making sense of everything and bringing us all together. These great bold statements from John as he testified. And so he, we have this other thing, grace upon grace in the passage. And the word grace Charis is this rich Greek word that's linked to a bunch of other different words. Charis means gift, but not a gift you'd expect. A surprise, unexpected, abundant, over-the-top gift that wells up within you because of its so much joy. So those words gift and joy, kara, they all go together. And so when we get grace upon grace, we're getting gift upon gift. And what is the great first gift, the foundational gift that we get from Jesus? With grace starts with this sense of two pieces to that gift. There's the first piece that's the rescue piece the rescue from our sin, from our broken, from our selfish. But then there's the next piece that brings us home, that both pieces must be there. We're not just rescued from our sin to go on sinning. No, we're rescued to come close to our Father. And we see this in the Israelites. This is their experience of grace. They were trapped in bondage for 400 years to Pharaoh, 400 years of doing his bidding, making bricks, bricks upon bricks, more bricks upon more bricks. This was their life. And then God came to Moses and said, I want you to be my mouthpiece, and I want you to go to Pharaoh, and I want you to say, let my people go, set them free. And 
Of course, as we, many of us know the story, Pharaoh didn't do it, and then there was a plague. And so this pattern was repeated 10 times. God sending Moses saying, let my people go. But it wasn't just that phrase. In Exodus, it's a longer phrase, and it says, let my people go so that they may worship me. Let my people go so that they may worship me. It's this grace that sets us free from bondage, but also a grace that brings us home to God, where worship is, isn't just singing, but it's the fullness of our lives. So you see, freedom comes with purpose. And I'm gonna say that again, because that's what I want you to have if you walk out these doors. Freedom, let my people go, comes with purpose so that they may worship me. I want you to say it with me, okay? Freedom comes with purpose. That's right. And the way that I talk about grace in my modern era is to think about going to LAX during the holiday season. So that's pretty crazy. I did it um, and with children. And so I'm pretty fearful for my children in LAX. There are cars zooming back and forth. My husband's actually gotten hit by a car just in LAX. Um, and then you add on to it that my children are stuffed with giant down jackets, even though it's sunny outside. Their pockets are filled with uh, jacket with um, hats and gloves. They've got backpacks filled with all that they might need on the plane, iPads, pajamas, snacks, heavy water bottles. They're weighed down. And if you're my son, he's also got a special carrier for his Legos. So as a child at the LAX airport, you start to look a little bit like the Michelin man all weighed down and also in a big, scary, loud, noisy place. And that's kind of what our life is like in our world. We're weighed down with the sin and burdens, both ours and the ones other people have committed that impact us. And what do parents do with children when they just can't take it anymore in the airport and they collapse down on the stairs? They say, give me your stuff. Give me all your junk. Give me your jackets. Give me your backpack, give me the water bottle, give me the blanket that you've already taken out, give me the Legos, all of it, so you can breathe free. But not just to run around wherever you want at LAX. No, parents do that because then they say, give me your hand, the last little free part I have because I'm covered with your stuff, give me your hand because I, we're going on an adventure. We're going on a journey and I'm gonna take you to my father's house, right? That's what Jesus does with grace. He takes all our junk off us and sets us free and then gives us his hand to take us home to him. Our freedom comes with purpose. So the Israelites were set free for purpose but didn't know how to live that purpose, and so God in grace gifted them with the law. We don't often think of the law as a gift, but it is. 
We can think of it as rule upon rule because that's what people did was they took the law and added more rules and palm rules and twisted it. But at its core, the law was good and it was good news to them. In a culture where, they, where people worshiped little G gods and they had no idea what their gods wanted from them, our God, their God, Yahweh, gave them the gift of the law, knowing what they needed to do to stay connected to him. And he did that after he set them free. First freedom, and then the purpose. So the law is good news, and Jesus affirmed this in Luke 10. He said, we can, he affirmed that we can sum up the, all the law in love God and love others. And he said, love God, not just a little, with all you've got, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And he told this rich story of how you love the other. And it included taking risks of personal safety. It included using your voice and to advocate using your networks. It included using your money, your time, your muscle. So it was a full-bodied love that you were supposed to give the other. And in case you wanted to kind of just limit that to your family, God said, Jesus said, no way. And he made the story and included the other as the hated race in that story. And so that the, the law is summed up in love God with all you've got and love other people, all the other people with all you got, all the alls. And so the law is good news and grace, not rule upon rule, but grace upon grace. And in our scripture we find, last week in verse 14, Jesus came into the world full of grace and truth, and then he gifted us grace and truth in this passage. And that gift of grace and truth, that truth word is also a really important word, aletheia. And it's not just what is true, like I had coffee this morning and I'm wearing black pants. That, not that type of truth, but the type of truth that Pastor Jeff talked about last week with a capital T that John is also, the Baptist is talking about, which is a truth which orients us around God. What we do, how we live, is all shaped because of what Jesus did in coming, being human, walking with us, Emmanuel, and dying on the cross for us. That's what orders our life. So that phrase, let my people go so that they may worship me, is for you too. Let your freedom that Jesus has bought and paid for is for the purpose of walking with him capital T truth in doing the love God, love others way. So grace upon truth we are given from Jesus. Grace upon grace, this gift upon gift. And this is still the gift-giving season that we're in. This gift-giving season, December 25th, is actually the first day of Christmas. For those of us that know the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, um, that those 12 days start December 25th and they go all the way through January 5th. 
And then the next day, January 6th, is a Christian holiday around the globe. It's called Epiphany. It's the day celebrated for the wise men. So the men that came from the Far East that knew something special, magical, holy was with Jesus. And so they, they risked, they sacrificed to make the big journey to seek out Jesus and to give him honor. And they took their path, as they took their path, it led them to what they expected was the palace. But Jesus is unexpected, and the wise men, wise that they were, knew that sometimes the course has to change. And unexpectedly, they find Jesus. And what do they do? But they give him gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh. Those are the gifts they gave him. So I want to encourage you in this thin space, in this next eight days leading up to Epiphany, to think about giving Jesus your own gifts. That there's room in your schedule because everything's upside down and wonky right now to think about doing something new and honoring God for what he did for us. So I'm going to give you three types of gifts, and you'll have to figure out how to do them. Maybe you'll do one for Jesus this next week. Maybe you'll do all three. The first one is love God. So so the way you might love God is actually to do some artistic expression towards God. Sing a worship song write a poem, paint a picture, decorate a part of your home that gives more glory to God. That's a way you can love God. Another way to love God is with our money. We can hold really tight to our money um, that we end up worshiping it instead of God. And so being open-handed about our money, maybe it's a gift like you heard about earlier in the service. Maybe it's making a commitment, automatic sign-ups to something, but to hold loosely to your money as a gift to say, I love you, God. It's not about where you give it, but who you're giving it to. So love God is one type of gift. Another type of gift is love others. So it's just like in Luke 10, you to think about how can I love another person? Who is God calling me to where I'm going to use my time, my money, my resources, my networks to help them? What is God calling me to? So look at your schedule and hold out a couple hours. And maybe that couple hours is just where you're going to pray and go, God, how do you want me to serve better in 2020? Is there a ministry calling to me that I, or am I already in a ministry and I'm going to take a bigger step? So it, um, it could be I want to spend more time volunteering in family ministries. Or it could be I'm going to take those couple hours and just go, okay, God, who in my world needs a blessing? needs an extra? Is it literally a neighbor? Is it a coworker? Is it someone I know from church that I'm going to give an extra blessing, help them out, whatever they need? But I'm going to save that time. I'm going to do that. So love God, 
love others. And the third one is to follow the way of John the Baptist and to testify with our voice. And testifying to Jesus is risky. It's scary sometimes. It's awkward. Can I do that in this world? So I actually want you to practice it here because you're in God's house with God's family. And so this is a safe place to say the good news of what Jesus did. Um, And you don't need to testify your whole story. I'd actually like you to focus on the last month. Where has God been in my last month? So there are three questions up here. You're not gonna do all three. You're just gonna pick one. But let me kind of prep you and so you can start thinking, what am I gonna share? Because what's gonna happen is you're gonna turn in groups of two, maybe three, but Like Chuck has said before, if you get to four people, that's two groups of two, and you're going to have to split up, okay? So one question you might say is, uh, you might answer is, when did God go before me or prepare for me? When did God do that? And oftentimes, we'll have good things happen, and we'll call them coincidences, or we'll call them luck. But I want you to give God the glory and say, God, help me out in this moment. And here's how things lined up. Or you may answer the question, when did you sense God's presence? And in in December, there are lots of kind of classic spiritual moments of quiet Advent candle time, prayer time, worshiping here um, that may be that. But you also might have sensed God's presence in your car, just commuting to work. You may have sensed God's presence dealing with ruly children, and God may have spoken an unusual truth to you in that moment. That could be it. The last question you might answer, when did God protect you or provide for you? And I'll just say with this one that sometimes God calms the storm but other times he calms you. And so either one could be where God is protecting and providing for you in difficult times. So I'm gonna have the band come up and I'm gonna give you a few minutes to share how God has met you, testify with your voice over the last month. And if you are not yet a believer in Jesus and you're like, I don't know how any of this is, simply share a good thing that happened to you this month because God is the giver of all good things and we'll know to give him glory. So go ahead.